Hey guys, welcome to the Leadership to Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Neil D'Souza, and we have a great guest for you today. Our guest today, you know, he loves to add value to others through um, a couple of things. First of all, he does syndication of private placement real estate investments. He's a, uh, he loves to do keynote speaking, and he has uh, he's the host of an award-winning business podcast called Elevate. Now, his core belief is that human beings were designed to go big. So today's show, we've got co-founder and managing partner of CF Capital, Tyler Chester. Tyler, welcome to the show. Neil, what a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Did, did I get that all right? I think you got it right, man. There's nothing that I would say that you did incorrectly there. Uh, You know, what I most appreciated was your energy. You know, I feel like I'm I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go now. So, yeah, it was a great job. I got to ask you a couple questions here. You're you're from Louisville, right? That's right. All right. So. Just to kick us off. Kentucky Derby, Kentucky Fried Chicken or the Kentucky Wildcats? Oh, I love this question. Uh, so definitely not fried chicken. It's not my thing. Um, you know, it's so interesting too, by the way, if you think about KFC in Kentucky, it's nowhere near as big as it is in India or China or all around the world. It's unbelievable. It's massive all over the world, but not in really the States or even in the state of Kentucky, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. So the Kentucky Derby is obviously the, in my opinion, and well-regarded as the greatest two minutes in sports. It is an amazing event where really the whole world descends on Louisville, Kentucky and Churchill Downs. But man, it's Mar- It's almost March Madness, baby. The Kentucky Wildcats are coming in hot too. So uh, yeah, that's 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 my vote. Yes. Okay. Wait, but now, between the Wildcats and the Cardinals, is there uh, is there another issue there? Oh, there's an issue for sure. But you know, the issue has been settled. You know, I think that's what we'll say. It's been completely settled. And uh, the Louisville Cardinals, you know, they've tried, and I think they're 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 kind of hurting right now. So you know, the Kentucky Wildcats are really where the focus should be. Yes, yes. I thought, you know, what better uh, question to get you started? I've heard you talking about problems as a gift. And um, I, I believe you actually, uh, you know, on your podcast, you actually dedicated an entire episode just to talking about that. And I thought it was so fitting that we got right in and I had all sorts of problems. So uh, Tyler, <laughs> come on, talk to us, help us understand this mindset game and how, how are problems really a gift? Well, you know, it is so important for entrepreneurs and really just human beings in general to understand the power of their mindset and their perception. And the first thing that I'll say is that we can either be a victim in our life or we can be the victor on the way to greater victory. And really what we're talking about in terms of recognizing that problems are gifts is really the foundation of that mindset and of that identity. Because you can either be a victim and you can get crushed by problems or you can be a victor and be anti-fragile and get better when problems show up. And so what does that mean, right? I'm an investor, I'm a real estate investor, I'm an entrepreneur, we run an organization where we've, you know, we invest in large apartment communities across our region. Yeah. And frankly, every single day we are encountered with 
a set of problems and in many cases, growing problems and challenges. And so when we encounter these problems, what a lot of times we find is that if we have the perspective that there are a gift, there's a hidden gift in every single problem, and that creates an opportunity for a greater benefit in the future, we start to look for that and we start to say, oh, this is exciting. You know, we got a problem. So instead of saying, wow, this this problem feels overwhelming and oh my gosh, we have a lot of problems. It's like, woe is me. You know, I feel sorry for myself. We start to say, okay, well, let's look for the gift. And how does that manifest? It typically manifests in, first of all, our energetic approach to say, you know what? There's a solution for every problem. And in that solution, there's some sort of experience or some sort of gift that we receive, right? A lot of times the gift in a problem is the experience as we navigate through it. But a lot of times we have to pivot as entrepreneurs, we have to pivot through problems. And we say, you know what, we're meeting a brick wall, like behind me, I have have a brick wall. If anybody's watching this, you can see the brick wall behind me. Sometimes to get to our outcomes or to our goals, we've either got to go around the brick wall, we've got to go above it, or we've got to bust through it. Or perhaps maybe it's three you know, brick walls deep and you can't bust through it. And so you need to take a pivot. You need to go in a different direction. And so this mindset is really a foundation of being anti-fragile. If, if any of your listeners have read the book, Anti-Fragile by Nassim Tlaib, you understand that when you encounter challenge, you get stronger. And so, you know, it, it is such a foundational practice. And, you know, one of the things too, that I'm a huge fan of and believer in is that life happens for us and not to us. When we recognize that life is happening for us and our circumstances are happening for us to make us stronger, to give us the experience, to give us the tools, to give us the ability to strengthen our creativity and our resourcefulness. By the way, it's never a matter of resources. It's always a matter of resourcefulness. So when we look at a problem, we say, all right, first of all, there's a gift here. Second of all, what can I do to get creative to find the outcome or to get to the other side of this? Mm-hmm. Who needs to be involved in this? What other resources do I need to bring in? Um, you know, so that's a few of the things that I would say, but I really think that this is a foundational practice, especially for people who are looking to build and grow their wealth, because frankly, the pathway to that is filled with problems. And so you can either look at it and say, wow, that, that, that sucks. You know, I, I'm a victim, or you can say, that's exciting. And I'm going to grow as a result. I'm going to become this next version of myself. I'm going to transform and I'm going to bring other people along with me. So that was a pretty long winded response there, but does that all make sense? Absolutely. I I actually think that what you're saying is completely correct. And I think oftentimes people miss that simple secret that in the problems is the opportunity. And it's the real reason that people run away from, you know, from those things because it looks like problems and, and all they can think about is the problems. Meanwhile, when we see the problems, we realize that's where the money is. That's, that's where it's going to show up. And, and obviously we're talking about uh, financial wealth and stuff like that in that regards, but it's true in any area of your life, right? Like, you have something happen on the home front, which I, I just had some some uh, we had some health challenges at home. And in that problem was the gift, like you were saying, because we got a chance to talk more uh, you know, deeply about our relationship with the kids and and all this kind of and things were said that may not have been said in the regular ongoing of life. And so. 
Hey, you, you had me at hello uh, on that one. <laughs> you know, also Napoleon Hill said something about this in Think and Grow Rich. And he said, yeah. and I, I hope I don't butcher this, but every adversity comes with it a seed of equivalent or greater benefit. And you almost follow some wisdom. If, if any of your listeners are saying, look, I get it. I understand that. You know, I haven't fully seen that. What I would say is embrace this thought process and recognize that wisdom is is giving you some guidance here. And if you can start to embrace this, not only personally, but professionally, I think you'll be really, really surprised to see the compound effect of how you're interacting with your problems. You'll start to see things that you didn't see before, because when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. That's a Wayne Dyer quote and one that's like, oh, my goodness. I'm ready. Yes. Okay. Okay. But hang on here. I've got to ask this question. I see it over and over again. We say, we talk about this. I, I do as well, you know, embracing the mindset. Why don't people embrace the mindset? Why don't they take that on? Have you solved that question? You know, this is interesting. I was, believe it or not, I was thinking about kind of this this morning in the shower and yeah. i'm standing i was actually thinking about because we had a meeting with our our marketing team yesterday and we were talking about keywords and you know we're, we're growing our website and things like that and we're, we're wanting to continue to grow our reach in terms of our, our expansion on our investor network right and so one of the things that we think about well is well how are we going to be stumbled upon in the internet and we look at well what are people in our sort of target persona thinking about and what are they searching and a lot of the stuff that people are searching investors are searching for are basically tools tactics tips and strategies right everybody wants the new tool tactic tip and strategy because look i understand that i mean you know success leaves clues so model success find what works and implement that but i think what a lot of people don't realize is that if you don't fix this foundation between your ears, it doesn't matter how many tools, tips, tactics, strategies you have, you're going to stop when the problem is you're encountered with the problem or you know, you're in your head about I'm not worthy about worthy for this or I don't deserve more success. I mean, so on and so forth. And so I don't think people are willing to give as much credit to this identity and this internal dialogue that it really deserves. But I think that the highest performers recognize that that's the difference. There's a two millimeter shift. When we look at problems as a gift, that's a shift. It's, it's very small. It's very minute. But then everything changes. And that's really only scratching the surface of what we're talking about here in terms of mindset. But I believe that the, the highest performers realize that. But I think the people who are maybe middle of the pack, they're just looking for more tips, tactics, tools and strategies. The problem is we have unlimited access to information, right? I think the information age is, is almost over. It's like there's so much information. There's an overabundance of information. But people don't understand how to interact with that information and also distill it into wisdom. And I think that there's a big misunderstanding in terms of what's going to help you get to the next level. And maybe that's what's missing. I'm not sure, but I, I was actually thinking about the, this morning. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. I, I think we we kind of came around to the same thing. Where you both you you see all of these different things that ultimately stop people, but when it comes down to it, it's never really the the economics, the the obstacles in the road. You know, not having money. Any of these things, it always comes down to this because you realize that 
none of those things really matter. You can find a way around uh, any one of those if you're if you're using this. Yeah. No, and I, I just wanted to add real quickly. You know, people are searching like the biggest search term in our space right now is inflation, right? So they're looking for external issues that are causing what they think are impeding their progress or their growth. And I think about inflation or interest rates. These are the things that people are searching for. And, you know, I'm okay with that because I think you should be aware of what's happening and you should be dialed in in terms of trends and being able to anticipate, especially as an investor, it's very important. But it shows me that people are dialed into the external things and they're looking for, well, you know, I'm not able to do it because of inflation or I'm not able to do it because of these rising interest rates. And it's almost like they're looking for an alibi. So anyway. <laughs> you know, and I, my listeners have heard this, uh, this story. When I first got into real estate, I actually read I, every real estate book I could find. And it took me about two years of reading until I literally couldn't find any more books. Um, I chapters at the library. I, I just couldn't find any more books. Now we're going back a while. So um I still hadn't really learned the internet all that well. <laughs> Otherwise, I would add so much more info. But I I went through, read all this stuff, and then I realized, okay, I just have to do something. And the one thing that I remember helping me make that leap was, I'm, I've done all this studying, I've got all this knowledge, and I'm still going to do something wrong. Just at some point, something's going to happen that's going to be a problem. And, uh, and so if I'm okay with that, I've done everything else up to this point that I can do think to do great. Let's go get into it. And I got into it and I got to tell you, I was freaking out until I ran into my first problem, which was scheduling some, one of the contractors didn't show up and, you know, it was going to put the whole timeline off. And, uh, and I was like, here it is. Here's the problem. Here's the thing. And I thought, can I solve this? And sure enough, I was able to figure that out, work out a, a couple of things. And it gave me such a moment of peace and strength to go, to be able to have the problem and go, okay, this is, this is why people don't do this. Now I get to move forward. And uh, it actually, I don't know, you tell me, Tyler, can I've found that sometimes it can get a little addicting sometimes. I think so. And you know, what you just talked about is it's almost like if you have the confidence to recognize, you know what, I am going to figure it out. I am going to encounter problems and oh yeah, there, wait, like even if I do like problems are gifts. So like, that's good. It's a win, win, win. Like I'm going to win no matter what. And you know, I think if you go back to it, it's like, you're not able to move forward unless you have this recognition that problems are gifts and that problems are inevitable. And by the way, every problem has a solution. You know, once you start to compound all of these thought processes and then you see it in action, you gain that confidence. And I think confidence is a huge component to success. You've got to feel successful. You've got to look at yourself and say, you know what? I've proven that I can do this before. I've proven that I can overcome challenges. I've proven that I can be resourceful and that I have creativity and that when I encounter things, I'm willing to pivot. I'm willing to adapt and be nimble. And I, I think as you give yourself the permission to move forward and embrace and encounter those challenges, you just get better at it. You get quicker. Yeah. You get, you know, it doesn't really overwhelm you. I, I can think back to one of the first deals that I did. It was like, 
the whole thing was riddled with problems. And frankly, I was probably a little naive going into it. And I'm looking around. It's like, like you said, I had contractor problems. I had tenant problems. I had payment issues. I had occupancy issues. And I'm like, whoa, uh, I didn't anticipate all these problems. And so every little thing was like overwhelming. But then as I worked through it and I started to scale more in my business, those problems seemed not nearly as insurmountable as they were. First of all, because, hey, I'd, I'd already overcome a certain component of this issue. But then I just started to say, you know what, let's let's embrace and let's find bigger problems, because if I find bigger problems, then that means I'm making more progress. Yes. Uh, well, I believe Tony Robbins, uh, I heard him say that, um, you know, you in terms of how getting paid, um, he said, uh, the bigger the problems you solve, the the more money you'll make. And and most of us love to solve small problems, you know. Oh, because, hey, look, I solved this and we feel good and we leave those bigger things out there and we don't want to solve them or we give them to other people to solve. Not that that's a bad thing in and of itself, but oftentimes, you know, like when we outsource uh, investing because we feel like we don't know, uh, you know, we don't understand money. So therefore we, and this is the vast majority of people, they give money elsewhere. And um, again, I'm not saying that that's bad because building a team is hugely beneficial, but when you don't know anything about that area and you're afraid of it, that to me, that's, that's a big issue. Yeah. And Tony Robbins also said that your success is a is in direct proportion with the level of uncertainty that you can tolerate. Um, hang on there, Tyler. Can you just repeat that again? Uh, that that quote? Absolutely. It's, it's it, huge. It and it's like if you can start to recognize the deep wisdom in this thought everything can change. And this is really, this is almost like the graduate level of problems or gifts, right? Your success is in direct proportion to the level of uncertainty that you can willingly tolerate. But ultimately what we're talking about is we're embracing larger and more complex issues. And as we do that, we solve more complex issues. We're bringing more value to the marketplace. Not only we're transforming ourselves, which is in my opinion, a key to expanding your wealth, You've got to transform yourself. You've got to look within and say, what are those limiting beliefs that are holding me back and starting to work on those things? What gaps do I have in my knowledge and my understanding in the marketplace? What is my skill set? What does my team look like? What does my strategy look like? And what type of uncertainty am I embracing and operating within? And as you start to do that, you gain more and more opportunities. You capture more and more opportunities to solve problems, which then creates value in the marketplace for you and your partners and all those kind of things. So I think that's important stuff. Absolutely. I mean, you just hit on it right there. I Something that really resonates for me is, is the level of uncertainty that you're willing to be with. That it, it is such a dynamic that you can't understate. If people could really understand that hey, you, you need to be comfortable with a certain amount of uncertainty. And, you know, I think you're, you're, you've hit it a couple of times now talking about problems as gifts and, you know, this whole aspect of uncertainty, but it really allows us to go to the next level. You know, each level you, you move up is a different level of uncertainty. And, you know, if, even if you go from, 
you start out with a job and then you move to, you know, you're a solopreneur, a self-employed and you start there and then you're like, uh, oh, but what if I, if I hire somebody, this might happen, that might happen, I might not be able, right? And so oftentimes that, and that's one of the big things that, uh, that I've seen for self-employed is you don't want to go that next step of hiring someone because of that uncertainty. You've learned to control yourself, but now getting into the next area, right? And and on and on. And so that, I, I think it's really powerful. And and I got to ask this question around what you do specifically, Tyler, at CF Capital. How is it that you get into this level of uncertainty? And what is that that uh, problem that you that you solve for people that ultimately come to invest with you, you, you know, people that are uh, looking to get into these types of investments. What's that opportunity, that problem that you're able to solve? Yeah. So one thing that I'll say on that is, you know, people are looking for an opportunity to invest in real estate. I think that's widely understood today yeah. that, you know, real estate is a great wealth building tool. It is a long-term wealth creation vehicle that has been tried and true for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. And a lot of people who are also of that awareness, which I think is, a, is obviously the baseline piece here, they go out and they say, well, all right, well, how am I going to do this? You know, maybe I'm going to buy a single family home rental, you know, create that rental, or maybe I'm going to, you know, fix it up and then I'm going to rent it out or maybe I'm going to sell it. And, you know, they're thinking about this tool in that way, right? That's their entry point. Maybe they then graduate to a duplex or a fourplex and, or maybe they buy a handful of houses and over time they start to operate that rental portfolio and it generates some income and, you know, it's got some expenses and it's got some things to do. And as they grow and as they scale, they look around and say, wow, this is, um, you know, this is causing a lot of problems. This is causing a lot of ongoing issues that I have to address, that I have to lead, that I have to figure out. And by the way, a lot of my cash flow is eaten up by the repairs of the HVAC or yes. the, you know, the, the water heater and all these kind of things. And so the issue that people run into who believe in real estate as a wealth creation vehicle is number one, the management side of things. Number two, the lack of scalability of that type of endeavor. And so the issue that we're solving for people is we are a best in class team and we partner with the best property management companies. We partner with the best construction management companies. We have assembled the appropriate team from an accounting perspective, a communications perspective and a legal perspective and so on. And so what we do is we offer folks the opportunity to invest directly in real estate assets without having the burden of tenants, ter termites and toilets. And so the problem that we're solving for them is we're giving them the exposure to this long term wealth creation vehicle. And yeah. we're not putting them in the burden to where they have to become the expert. And by the way, it's very difficult to source these type of investments unless you are just live, living, eating, breathing and sleeping this business. And so we find the best opportunities and we source through hundreds of deals before we make one acquisition. We focus on large apartment communities, you know, 200 to 300 unit properties that have, you know, a leasing office that have a, a swimming pool, a fitness center, a dog park, a playground, so on and so forth. You know, all of the amenities that, you know, we found in America that are highly in demand. And by the way, we have an entire 
staff on each one of our properties, you know, property manager, mm. leasing manager, uh, maintenance supervisor, maintenance technician, and just depending on the size of the asset. And so what we do is when we go into these properties, we transform them so that they optimize their income and they optimize their positioning in the marketplace. What we do is we identify underperforming assets and we go in and we implement a specific business plan for that particular asset. So you may find a property that's under value in terms of the, the rents. And what we do is we go in there and we'll do some renovations. We'll you know change the branding. We'll reposition the exterior or the common area or the amenities of that property. We'll put a best-in-class property management team in position to execute the day-to-day, -day, the fundamentals of collecting and you know repairing and doing all those things. And what we do is then we reposition the financial performance of that asset. And over time, we generate larger cash flow, which then is distributed with our investors on a monthly or quarterly basis, just depending on the, the particulars of that deal. And as we grow the value of that asset, we then either refinance or sell. And so you have capital appreciation as well. So the, the problem that we're mainly solving for investors is number one, the access to these type of scalable investments that really offer not only the economies of scale and the spread between income and expenses that really doesn't exist on a smaller scale, um, but we also give them the opportunity of having exposure to these assets without having to deal with all the challenges that we deal with because that's what we live, breathe, eat, and sleep. And so then they can go out and do their thing. And, you know, the, the core component to this is trust. I mean, they've got to trust that we have their best interests at heart. And the way that we really do that is by letting all of our investors know that we're in this for the long haul and our relationships with them are transformational, not transactional. And if we do well by our investors, they're going to come back for another deal and maybe another deal after that. And by the way, one of the greatest, you know, compliments that we receive from our investors is, hey, you guys have done a great job. You should speak to my friend here and, you know, we'd love for you to get to know him. So him or her. And so that's kind of what we do. And that's the problem that we're solving in the marketplace. Yeah, I'll tell you what what I really heard from from what you shared there was. I thought, uh, what is it that I would that I would really key in there? How is Tyler really helping me in that? And what I really heard was the team, right? Like, could I try to get into finding these deals? Absolutely. Could I try to spend all of my time learning and and immersing myself? Like you said, could I do that? The answer is yes. And could I build that team within a reasonable time frame so as to protect me from myself? And and I thought that's the to me, that's sort of the key in there that because it I don't know if people realize it takes time to to build up a team, to build like you're you're talking about someone just having trust in you, but you've had to go about building those relationships and building trust with each one of those uh, entities and forces, right? Whether it be lawyers, whether it be property managers, whether it be realtors, whether it be, you know, on and on and on. And you've, you've assembled this whole team. You've gone through those ups and downs with those people to then be able to come up and people can have that trust in you. And, and I, 
because we're we're in a world where everyone wants to sort of like cut out the middleman. Uh, they're like, oh, I'll I'll go ahead and do it, you know, and I'll take that money. And and you're thinking, but who's protecting you from yourself, you know, from what you don't know in that? And and so I was like, oh my goodness, I think that's what uh, really hit me. I I don't know. That's what I heard out of what you just shared. You shared a lot of stuff, but that's what I really got was that this powerhouse team that you've assembled. I really like that. You know, I think the relationship aspect is a huge one because we've been building, my partner and I and our team has been building these relationships with not only the sources for our deals, but also our team in many aspects for the greater part of the last decade. And, you know, for many years there, and you know this as an entrepreneur, I mean, in the beginning times, there's start, stop, there's start, stop, there's, you know, regression, there's failure, there's challenge. And there's, you know, as you kind of go through that stuff, especially in the commercial real estate space, and, and somebody asked me the other day, they said, well, you know, you're in multifamily, is that isn't that residential? And like, yeah, technically, but it's it's still a commercial real estate asset. And the biggest thing in this space, if you want to have expansion, if you want to have access to quality opportunities, because most of the deals that are out there are not quality opportunities, they're, you know, they're shiny objects that look great, that don't cash flow, and that have a lot of risk that come with them. And this, the core component that we've been very, very uh, intentional on developing is our reputation in the marketplace, doing what we say we're going to do. And as we do that, as we prove that to the marketplace, the key stakeholders, the key influencers in the marketplace, not to steal a social media term for the day, you know, those are the people who give us access to the opportunities that, you know, are really can be generational and game changers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean... I do uh, have some multi-unit properties up here as well, and and uh, I associate with different people, and we we also do the same thing up here in Canada. Um, but my specialty is really private lending, and and it's interesting because people have always asked me, "Hey, why don't you lend here? Why don't you lend here?" You know, uh, when it comes to hard money lending, and and I'm and I don't know if people always understand, but I always point to this this idea of uh, I need to have infrastructure in that in that space, in in that province, in in uh, that state, wherever we're looking to lend, I need to know that I've got uh, a legal team that I can count on. We've got contractors that you can count on all of these sorts of things because they're you're working by proxy and I'm not going to be the one that's going to be able to save the day if something goes wrong. So you better have the people in place that that can go ahead and do that. And so, you know, when you even as you talk about scaling and and this kind of this kind of idea, you're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to go from 10 a 10 unit to a 200 unit without having that in place because if you have to guys, if you're listening, and Tyler, you you need to key in on this. What's the difference? <laughs> between having 20 doors and having say 200 doors if you don't have the team in place already when you acquire the the asset i love that you said that because problems are gifts to a certain point and if you are not anticipating or aware of the problems that you would be facing at a certain level you can and will get crushed i mean that is I'm really glad that you went here with this yes. part of the conversation. You know, if you add a zero to your, you know, unit count, so to speak, 
you know, in many respects, that scale, there's a ton of benefits, right? There's a ton of leverage in, in stepping into that. But in terms of, you know, the infrastructure required to handle a 200 unit property versus 20 is, is vastly different. I mean, you really need a team who is experienced day in and day out in terms of solving the scalable issues that you have. And, you know, of course, the other thing too is like, you know, when you think about financing a 20 unit deal versus a 200 unit deal is vastly different. You know, you're going to be talking about millions of dollars versus maybe a million dollars or maybe less. Um, and so the, the structure of the deal can get much more complex uh, on a larger deal. There are many, you know, considerations to think through as you're designing the capital stack and as you're managing the capital stack, as you're managing your lender relationship. You know, of course, if, if you're doing hard money lending, you know this and, and many other people who have utilize leverage as they're growing their wealth, which is obviously a great tool for doing that, you've got to recognize that this is a double-edged sword. And so obviously the issue gets more complex on a larger asset than a smaller asset. In many respects too, there's perhaps mindset barriers to people getting to that point. You definitely want to surround yourself with people who have been there and model that success because you know what we're talking about has been done time and time again. So you know, steal shamelessly and improve. What does the team need to look like? You know, from our perspective, we have a team for asset management. We have a team for finance and accounting. We have a team for legal. We have a team for our marketing department. We have investor relations because we have many yeah. different investors who partner with us. So as we're scaling, the infrastructure is vastly different in terms of the requirement than it would be yeah. if we were buying deals just with, just with our own money, you know, that we started with, you know, years ago. So, you know, there's many different things I could go down rabbit holes on, but that's kind of the, the, the basics and really the high level. Yeah. You know, oftentimes, I, oftentimes I think that people will ask a lot of the wrong questions when it comes to investing or, you know, they want to, they want to know, Hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? And I'm thinking, I can tell you that, but that doesn't actually, that doesn't actually help you. What you really want to know is, and and people will ask me questions about the lawyers that that we utilize, and and I'll tell them, look, you don't want if you're choosing a lawyer, you don't want a lawyer that's going to help you to get into the deal. You need a lawyer for how to get you out of a deal, right? Like, do you have somebody that knows what the back end, what the bad stuff looks like, what all those things that could go wrong because People that can get you into the deal are, are a dime a dozen in any sort of area, right? They're all over there. Oh, yeah, here's what your cab drivers can give you investing tips, tricks, and, and advice. And I, and But the real key is who knows what the back end looks like. And, and that's the valuable you know, experience that you've got knowing, knowing all of those tips, tricks, and experience about the contract about the the buildings, how all of those things are happening, and who's kidding who? You probably don't even have half of those, but your team has, you know, a ton of that experience. You're able to leverage it. Yeah, one of the gifts and problems is that it gives you wisdom so that you can anticipate challenges, right? You can anticipate yeah. and design contingency plans. But I think it's always important, and one of the things that's a core component to any of our investments is that we always have the exit strategy in mind and also contingent yeah. exits, exit strategies in mind yeah. if 
certain things happen in the market, if certain things happen with our property, if certain things happen with our team. So it is important to have those and be able to anticipate. I feel like, you know, one of the things I heard recently is that losers react, but leaders anticipate. And when you when you look at the difference, I mean, there's a vast difference. You, you, you're you surprised by a problem. If you're surprised by a problem, especially in this space, as you get as you go bigger, then that is a problem. Then you're going to become a loser because then you have to react and you're surprised. And now you don't really know what to do. But if you anticipate when something happens, it's you know, we saw this from a mile away. We knew that there's only probabilities, there's no certainties. And when this probability then occurs, and it's a part of your reality, now it's time to enact, you know, the contingency plan. So uh, I think that's important stuff. Wow. Okay, so, so Tyler, um, this is what you're doing. What does uh, what does this year hold for you? What are you working on uh, moving into this year? I, I know that you've got a book, I believe that that's out there as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what you've got lined up for 2023? So we do have a book and it's it's called uh, The Bottom Line. And really what this is all about is increasing cash flow in apartment communities. And so if any of your listeners want to check out that book, it is on our website at cfcapllc.com. It's very insightful in terms of we give away our playbook. You know, it really is the 10 ways that we go in and we increase cash flow and we transform an asset similar to kind of what we were talking about earlier in this conversation. And so in terms of what we're working on, you know, we are in a very unique time. You know, we're kind of in a bit of a, a, a change in terms of the market cycle. We are going from what has been a historic expansion to a little bit of a correction here. In many respects, we've seen 15 to 20% pricing correction in our market. And so as a result of that, I think there's going to be tremendous opportunities. So really, especially on the the latter half of this year, we're starting to see this, we're already starting to see this in our acquisition pipeline, more and better opportunities than we've seen for a few years and, and really many years. And so as a result of that, you know, our target this year is to grow by about 100 million in terms of uh, new deals. And so with that said, that creates a lot of opportunities for investors and people who want to get to know us and become in relationship with us. So that's one of our big targets. You know, also uh, Elevate Podcast is a big, you know, part of my focus as well, because I'm super passionate about everything about what we're talking about today. Mindset, mind expansion, personal development, because those are the things that have allowed me to transform from being a corporate employee to being an investor and scaling and embracing further adversity and further uncertainty and embracing the challenge, embracing the problems and finding the gift in larger problems. So that's a big part of my focus and something that I give to other people. We come out with a, an episode every single week and we talk with, you know, world leaders. And we also talk with, you know, New York Times bestselling authors, but we also talk to some of the most prolific investors in the real estate space. So, you know, those are the things that I'm really focused on. And and other than that, man, I'm a, I'm a dad of twins and, uh, you know, things are busy at home as well. So we're having a lot of fun. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and, and I actually appreciate that because what that tells me about you is that you have to you have to understand time management and you have to understand relationships. Um, there, there's just something with when you do have kids that you have to get into these different aspects. And if you're not able to balance those things, then all all sorts of other things <laughs> will go wrong. 
And uh, and so it's good to know that you're getting tested on the home front. You're getting getting tested out there. And uh, and let me just ask this final question because I I know that we got to let you go. Um, how do you keep that motivation up? How do you how do you keep iterating and building on your performance? Like how do you what do you do to uh, to keep driving yourself forward like that? You know, one simple concept, and that's managing inputs. You know, I think the people who are listening to this podcast today are are doing a great job of that. They're they're managing their inputs. They're being intentional on what is reaching this beautiful mind of theirs. And that's one of the things that I'm really intentional for as well. And I am constantly reading books and I'm constantly listening to podcasts. I'm constantly engaging in relationships that are with others who are future focused. They're focused on doing big things in their life and not selfishly, but people who are looking to make an impact as well. And so I'm always conditioning my mind for success. And one of the things that I think it was Zig Ziglar who said this, he says, look, we need to take a shower every day. We also need to seek inspiration every day. And so I'm looking for tools, tips, tactics, strategies, of course, to refine our strategies, to refine our approach, to iterate and improve. But a lot of the stuff that I'm engaging in and that I'm, and I'm conditioning my mind with are things that are saying, you know what, look, problems are gifts. Here's how you can do it. Maybe it's a biography. I'm currently I'm reading a biography by uh, about John D. Rockefeller, maybe the wealthiest individual in history of humanity. And, you know, I'm, I'm reading about his trials and tribulations and the problems that he encountered and the systems and the scale that he designed. So I'm managing the inputs. And I'm gaining insight in terms of what is applicable for my life and my journey. And, you know, I read constantly personal development books as well. But I think it really comes down to what are we managing in terms of the inputs and also guarding the gates of our mind, because there's a lot of negativity out there. There's a lot of doubt and fear and uncertainty and scarcity out there. Like if you turn on the news, you better guarantee that you are going to be bombarded by clickbait every single place. And they understand how to leverage human psychology because a lot of people are driven to avoid pain instead of, you know, seek pleasure. And, you know, you'll have to understand, well, what is what is that for you? But when I understand that I'm being, you know, played and I'm being a part of this game, this larger game that's really pushing me towards a negativity bias so that, you know, they can get clicks and views and all these kind of things, then I recognize, you know what? Yes, I need to be I need to be informed but I also need to guard my mind because a lot of this stuff is designed to make me feel like things are worse than they are. You know, I can't do this. And if I do, I will fail. And here's all the pitfalls and here's all the problems that have no gifts in them and all these kind of things. So it's really about managing inputs. I love it. I, I'm not even going to comment on that. Uh, I'm going to end with this final question. 2023, what's your uh, one wealth building tip for, for the listeners Guys, take this and run with it. It goes from coming from the mouth of Tyler Chesser, uh, building wealth in 2023. What is Stop that? trying to do it all yourself um, is my biggest thing. And, you know, you definitely, you are the driver, you are in control. But as a leader, not only of yourself and your future financial position, but you're also a leader of a team. Your team may not exist yet, or it may not be as robust as it needs to be yet. But stop trying to do it all yourself. If you're, you know, even if you feel like you've made a big leap here, make the next leap. You know, who else do you need in your circle who can help you get to where you want to go? 
Surround yourself with the right people and stop trying to do it all yourself. Yes. And guys, if you want to get a hold, uh, get some more of Tyler, you can uh, find him on LinkedIn. What's the what's the best place to to get a hold of you, Tyler? Yeah, LinkedIn is a great place. Um, also, our website, cfcapllc.com. Um, again, I've mentioned the book there. You can you can find that. You can download that for free immediately. And also, you can reach out to me immediately there as well. But also, if you're listening to this podcast, Elevate Podcast with Tyler Chester, it's all about mindset, mind expansion, personal development. So there's a few different ways to, to check me out. Love it. Love it. Guys, uh, just a little bit of mindset for 2023. If you want some more, go check out his podcast. You want to learn more about CF Capital, go go check it out. Uh, links in the show notes below and uh, or beside whichever whichever place. And, uh, you know, Tyler, thank you so much. Uh, on behalf of Canada, we do appreciate Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but we really thank you for coming on the show today. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again uh, in the future. Thanks, Neil. I really appreciate it, man. This was a lot of fun. Thanks. All right, guys, that's it for this week on the Leadership to Wealth podcast. We'll see you again next week.